Hey, this is Joel Oates, lead pastor of Real Life Church, and you're listening to Beyond the Sermon. Each week, we get the opportunity to dig just a little bit deeper into Sunday's message and offer a little bit more truth and clarity to what was spoken and how it can benefit both you and me in our daily walk with Jesus Christ. Thanks for joining us. We're so glad you're here. Let's jump in. Hey, everybody. Welcome to uh, another podcast episode of Beyond the Sermon. Uh, I'm Pastor Joe Lotes, and I'm here, uh, as always, with uh, my good pastoral friend of our small groups and discipleship, Dennis Garcia. Hey, Dennis. Yeah. Hey, Joel. Uh, happy to be here. Uh, Super Bowl week, by the way. So, it's happening. Yeah, it, it's coming. Who do, who do you have for it's, this weekend's it's game? I, uh, I, I'm going for the one that's never gotten anything. Okay. I, I mean, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not necessarily a... Uh, a huge fan of either. Um, I mean, the Rams were LA for a long time, so there was yeah. a little bit of uh, there was a little bit of love there. Uh, okay. Being a California boy that I am, but um, but I'd like to see Cincinnati pull it off, man. Yeah. Um, the Bengals, uh, I think they've they've got something special in Burroughs, and and uh, I know we're not ta- we're not a sports channel, and that's not what we're doing. <laughs> but but nonetheless, this is uh, it, it. Definitely is going to be a great game. Um, so I'm looking forward to, to seeing it. And, uh, yeah, it should be a lot of fun. I'm just glad that uh, it's not Tom Brady. So that, that's my my big thing for the Super Bowl. It's not yeah. Tom Brady. So yeah, you're, I, not, you're not I, alone. I don't, I don't care who wins. Yeah. Uh, yeah so, <laughs> but that's not what we're here to talk about today. That's right. Um, we are here to talk about um, kind of the book of Ephesians. Um, this last weekend, um, we just came off the the heels of what uh, what was Vision Sunday. And uh, and then we roll right into this next weekend, and we kind of, we kind of, I I think I hope we did. We broke this vision down into a little bit more something more manageable, something more meaningful for I think each and every individual uh, that understood what we're fighting for as we talk about Move Twenty Thirty Two. And if you're new, uh, Move Twenty Thirty Two is is kind of a ten year vision that was cast on Vision Sunday. Um, and over the next 10 years, our prayer and our hope is to see Las Cruces transformed with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And no longer is it the responsibility of just uh, a church and a church building with paid staff to see that, um, to see that entire vision uh, take root and take place and, and begin to kind of spread throughout this city. No, it is now the individual responsibility of every follower of Christ. Um, and that's our prayer. We're praying that we uh, do a better job and a more faithful job as the church of God to equip our people uh, to be the disciples of Jesus Christ and to carry this gospel forth. Uh, not necessarily, you don't have to go um, uh, over to Africa. You don't have to to, to, to say, okay, I'm going to conquer the whole city. I might No, you need to find that one person that's standing right in front of you. The one person that God intersects your life with, uh, that you get to live life with, that you get to have conversations with. Um, and you need to be just available hands, available feet, an available voice box to be used by the Lord um, and to step into those spaces uh, when he asks. Yeah, there's there's a, a great book called 8 to 15, and it talks about that that every one of us has anywhere between 8 and 15 people in our life that we already have close relationships with. And the, the whole premise of this book is it, we don't have to think as individuals about how am I going to reach the world. If every one of us as believers focuses on reaching those 8 to 15 yeah. people that God has already strategically placed around us, Absolutely. then we, as, as God's people, can reach 
reach the world. Yeah, many of us understand the idea of multiplication when it comes to finances. Yes. I mean, you talk to financiers and, and CPAs and accountants and all these guys and bankers and anyone that is, is proficient with money and understands that kind of stewardship. Um, but when it comes to life on life multiplication, when it comes to the church multiplying and, and discipleship multiplying, like it's, it's, it's almost lost, Dennis. I, 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 it just, it's astounding to me, but, but that was the original intent that, that I think Christ established that there would be multiplication. And it, and it's not just about, um, one church in a single city doing all the work of the ministry in order to see the entire city transformed for Christ. No, it is it is all the believers in the uh, reaching the people that that God has just intentionally placed in their life. I mean, it's it's not an accident. Um, so if you think that you're working with someone uh, that you think it's an accident that God placed you there, or the neighbor that you live next to, or uh, or the people that you see day in and day out, or week in and week out, it doesn't matter. Um, those lives are in 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 your life for a reason, for you to be a light in a dark world, to be a voice of hope when there is no hope, to be a picture of love and a demonstration of love when the world uh, has no idea how to define any of those terms. Yeah. Anyway, I, so I love where uh, Ephesians has brought us. And I love uh, the fact that we got to dive into this book because I think it's just so appropriate. I mean, we're, we're talking about discipleship. We're talking about life on life. And um, man, uh, you and I have talked about this before. I just think, I mean, Ephesians, <laughs> there's any book that we can just dive into talking about this kind of thing. Ephesians, I think, is the great place to start. It, it's a great book. And, and what what I love about Ephesians, and really this is true with, with all of Paul's writings, um, is he puts first things first, right? He always starts with the gospel, whether it's Ephesians or Romans. Or, he starts with, hey, this is what God has done for us. Yep. And in response to that, this is how we should live. Yep. And it just reminds us that it's all about the gospel. And, yep. and that's what you know our, our vision uh, 2032 is. It's all about the gospel, getting the gospel to places in Las Cruces that it hasn't been. And uh, just such a great way of, of tying the vision and, and this book together is, is it comes down to, uh, we, we have to be people of the gospel. Yeah, We have to be people that, that embrace the gospel, that understand the gospel, that live out the gospel, and that share the gospel. And Paul, when he, in the book of, in the, well, excuse me, in the letter to the, to the church of Ephesus is what we're talking about. Um, as we are talking about the Ephesian, he is specifically talking to those people that have been touched by the gospel. Hey, uh, first, so for the first three chapters, and it, I mean, to make it very simplistic, the first three chapters are all about what God has done for us. Yes. I mean, it just, these are God's riches. This is what you find by being in a relationship with Jesus, in a relationship with God the Father, in a relationship with the Holy Spirit. You know, what, what, is, what does that mean? And those first three chapters just really help to unpack that. Then the, then the tail end, the last three chapters are, in light of that, mm -hmm. This is how we're to live. Yeah. This is what we're supposed to do. This is how we engage in relationship. This is how we engage in in uh, spiritual warfare. This is how we engage. You know, what I'm saying it, it's just so there's so much blessing on this end. So I love you're right. He starts exactly where the, go the gospel needs to start. This this is what the gospel is, but this is just this is where we uh, this is what we get for those that put their faith, hope, and trust in Christ. This is when the gospel touches you as an individual life. Um, there's just so much. There's so much heavenly riches 
available yes. to those that come into that relationship. Yeah. And I think it's important. You said it very well. It's important for us to remember that this was written to believers because yep. oftentimes as believers, we think the gospel is just there to help from unbelief to belief, right? That the gospel exists only to get us out of hell for free. You yep. start get out of hell free card. Huge and, and misconception. We don't, we don't understand that the gospel is relevant for us every single day yep. of our lives. It's not just for those who, who don't know Christ yet that we need to share the gospel with them, but, but we need to daily remind ourselves of the gospel. Yep. And that's what Paul is doing here. He's writing to believers and saying, hey, just remember, it's all about the gospel. Everything we do, every, every moment of every day is about the gospel and allowing the gospel to permeate our lives and transform us from the inside out yeah. so that we can live the way that, yes. that brings God glory. Yeah. And, and I just love how, how Paul richly, um, richly invites us into this, this idea of, of seeing, uh, just in the way, uh, obviously, Paul is a, a, just an incredible writer, incredible author. The way he articulates, the way he puts things from pen to paper is just is masterful in so many ways. He's quite a wordsmith. And, and the book of Ephesians is no, you know, uh, yeah. is obviously, um, it, it's just like many of his other books that he's written throughout the New Testament. But in the book of Ephesians, I just love the fact that um, in these first 14 verses, I, I really see, and it really not the first 14 verses, the whole book of Ephesians is really, it's God's fam, family manual. Yes. I, I didn't know how else, yeah. to, I didn't know how else to say it on Sunday and I'll say it again now. It is, it is a family manual. I'm a believer. He's talking to me. He's having a conversation. He's like, as part of a family, there's there's ex there's some expectations there's perks you know that in being part of this family there are blessings on the other side of of being uh, things that should give you hope things that should encourage you should embolden you yes. uh, to be to be able to live out your life the way that that God is calling you into um and uh and and I love you know again not to go into the historical diving um he's trying to counteract some of the mis, uh, misconceptions about salvation to the church of Ephesus. Mm -hmm. They believe that the, the the Jewish believers have a different salvation than the Gentile believers. And, and obviously as we begin to dive out you know kind of pull that apart it, it's not true. Yeah, I mean no, the, not at all. the salvation for the the Gentiles which and just for those that are listening the Gentiles are anyone that's not a Jew. So if you're wondering am I Gentile or okay if you're not a Jew and you know that <laughs> then you're a Gentile. So welcome. Okay. Yeah. I'm a Gentile. You know, many of us listening even today probably are Gentiles, but, um, but the Jewish salvation is the same as the Gentile salvation and vice versa. Um, so, uh, it's not, it's not hierarchying anything. And so he's writing to the believers to say, Hey, look, this gospel is for everyone mm. equally. So yes, equally. Yeah. So, and it's important for us to understand that, that no one has a better in with God. No, no one has a greater salvation. No one has a, and, and, and so, uh, so I, again, not to dive into even Pharisees and different things like that. They thought that they were elite and just because, Hey, this guy right here and you, we have a title of pastor on our shirt. That doesn't make us any more saved, any more nope. holier than thou, than the people that just came to know Christ today. Yeah. You know? Uh, and I think sometimes we misunderstand that and, um, and I think it does damage in the long run uh, when we misunderstand that too long. Yeah, we've created this this false divide, right? And yeah. then Paul Paul even uh, addresses that in 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 um, in verse one, right, where he talks to the faithful saints, right? We are all saints, and and the Bible talks about the priesthood of the believers, and 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 that we all have a role to play in the kingdom of God. And this idea of 
of of laity and clergy. It, it just doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I love the the family thread that's themed throughout this whole book, and it starts right here uh, in the beginning where he talks about us being adopted, yeah. right, as sons through Jesus Christ Himself. Mm. Um, and and just a reminder that that we are family, Jews and Gentiles. Greeks and I mean, we're family, yep. not not because of our own ability, but because we are we are in Christ Jesus, yes. right? And we are adopted by the Father to be co-heirs with Christ. Yeah, and and again, that alone, and I'm so glad you brought that up because the two questions of the first 14 verses is where we went this past Sunday. Who are we? And and I think the very first thing that like that that answers that question is is I, I'm as I'm his child. Yes. I'm adopted. Identity is so well-spoken in these first 14 verses. You're like, uh, yeah, I, I'm his. Yes. I belong to him. He has, and, and again, not to, to pull anything apart too much or whatever, but, but uh, uh, who am I? I am a child of the father. And I want, I just, and Paul's going, I want you to know the yes. depth and the value of what that means. It means you're adopted. It means you're unconditionally agape. Mm. You're loved. It's you are chosen and, and you are, you are my special possession. I mean, I just love this language when we look at first Peter two, nine, as we, as, as one of the references we pulled out later on and, and we belong to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Yes. Like our lives are no longer belong to us. And it's such a, it's such, for me, I hear something like that. And regardless of what my earthly relationships may or may not look like, and some of this may apply to some of our listeners here today. I want you to know there's an unconditional family who unconditionally loves you, who unconditionally chose you first. You're not a last, you're not a mistake. You're not a last choice. You're not a, uh, you're not kind of a, uh, kind of a, a mercy gathering or, you know, a, like a sympathy vote into the family. No, you're like you're in, like you are a hundred percent in, you are an heir of, uh, heir of, uh, of God. I mean, yeah. just that, that thought, like you're an heir. Um, but I, I don't know if it hits you the same way, but it's just, it's so encouraging me when I hear things like that from God's word. Yeah. And it's just a great reminder that, um, I mean, even back to creation, right? We were created for this relationship with God, yeah. and because of our sin, we we were uh, that relationship was broken. Yeah. But God loved us so much that Jesus came to the earth, took on flesh, lived a perfect life, died on a cross, not for His sins, but for our sins, so that we could have this relationship with him. Yeah. Um, it, it just, it's, it's mind blowing to yeah. think of, of that type of love that is shown towards us. Right. And, and that identity is so important for us to, to understand in a, in a day and age where we can choose any identity we want to choose. Yeah. You can avatar yourself Absolutely. in any direction that you Absolutely. want. To be yeah. able to anchor ourselves as believers and our identity in Christ as sons and daughters of God, the creator of the universe. And I know you already mentioned those two powerful words in Christ. And I think everyone needs to understand, and, and maybe it wasn't even said on Sunday, but, but um, you can infer the fact that when you're born, you are in the world. Yes. So when you're born, you're already in something. You're in the world. You're part of, of the way it moves, the way it thinks, the way it d makes decisions, the way it lives. Like you're in the world. You're in sin, really. 
I mean, that's just that's just our flesh longs for it. Our our enemy uh, thrives and swims in it and wants us to thrive and swim in in those sinful beginnings. But then God, in His grace, for whatever reason and His own choosing, He decided to say, "You're mine." Yeah, and He takes us out of out of the world and puts us in his son, in Christ. I, I am, I, and that's why scripture, when it talks about you're no longer of the world, we, we yeah. spiritually speaking, we are not, we, we are foreigners in a foreign land, yep. you know, going uh, Indiana Jones, we're pilgrims in a foreign land, as uh, Sean Connery said, yep. in uh, Indiana Jones and the last crusade, you know, shameless, shameless <laughs> plug there. So, um, but, but we are, we are in Christ. And, and that should give every one of us hope and confidence. So it's like, who are we? I, I'm in Christ. Yeah. Like my identity is found in him. And as such, as being in Christ, that first thing that we already mentioned as being a child of the father is really important to understand. Like, like I don't have to look for the, the, the security of, of a family outside yeah. of that. I don't have to look for a you know, uh, uh, another father who may or may not fail me that week. Um, I can find that completely in my, in my, the redemptive work of what Jesus did and the fact that I'm the, I am a child of the father. Um, but, but then he goes on to say even more, obviously we we've talked, we talked a lot about how he loved us, how he chose us, how he sees us without fault. Like, I don't know what that, that one does to you, but for me, that, that is such a, that I need to hear those words. Yeah. I, I live with such a perpetual performance mentality. Huh. Um, and, and so I struggle with that. And I have to remind myself that, that it's not my performance that gives me favor mm. before the Father. It's, it's that I am in Christ, like, just like we were talking about. Yeah. That is what, where that favor comes from. And, and to, to be able to understand that, that he loves us even, even at our worst. I mean, we, we, we talked about this a couple podcast mm. episodes ago that we can't out God's love, mm. right? We, yeah. and, and that shouldn't be our goal is to try and out God's love, but, but to know that, that even on my worst day, his love still abides for me. Yeah. Um, and that I don't have to perform to earn his love it is such a deep comfort. Yeah. Dennis, thank you for saying that. I think there's so many of us, including myself, I, I just think if we are honest with ourselves, um, we long to be seen and known that way. And I think when we really, when we understand of what we've been invited into, not just religious jargon and not just a knowledge, but there is a real relationship that's involved when yeah. we when we are in Christ, when we are a child of the Father, you know, and and to know that He He looks at us and He goes, uh, "Son, I I know you failed, yeah. you know, I I I know you blew it today." I, I know that you didn't bring the A game that you would have liked to to bring. But, um, but just understand when I see you, I see a hundred percent righteous. Yeah. And that just, I'm like, well, I didn't earn it. And he goes, oh, oh I know that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I just, I have this conversation of the father talking to us as children and I'm just so grateful for that. And maybe some of our listeners just need to be reassured that those that are in Christ, man, you, you have that. 
And it's not something you have to earn. You just need to step in and you need to believe that today. You need to claim that truth as a reality in your life because it is true. It is a reality. And when we walk in that, that just bolsters a confidence that we can't find on this earth. No. You know, I'm a, uh, no, he, she's, I, I know I blew it last week. I knew I blew it today. And guess what? Hey, for all those that are wondering, you sin every day. Yep. Just, so let me just put that out there. This pastor sins every day. And Dennis, I've been throwing you under the bus. You sin every day. Uh, those that are listening sin every day. So let's just start there. Let's and, just be- and if you say you don't, you're lying and <laughs> yeah. that's your sin for today. And then today. all of a sudden, hey, yeah, mission accomplished. Yeah. Okay. So the bottom line is, is we're all there and we're all, so we have a redemptive, gracious father who goes through the work of my son, not your effort. Um, I see you as faultless and blameless. Yeah, and somebody shared this with me years ago, and it, it transformed my life. Uh, they said, there's nothing you could ever do for God to love you more. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing you could ever do that would make him love you, love less. you less. And he's proud of you, not because of what you do, but because of who you are, mm-hmm. his child. Yeah. And, and those words have meant so much to me yeah. in, in my Christian walk. I know you. Um, we started out talking about adoption. And I'm so glad you started there because because as a child of the father, yeah, we we are adopted. But I was so fascinated when I began to pull back the layers of of how a Jewish adoption really took place. And the thing that stuck with me is yes, you are um you have all the rights um as legitimate biological sons and daughters mm-hmm. when you're adopted into that family. But the thing that really spoke to me was the fact that you lose all rights to your old family. Yeah. And for me, I was just like, how true that is. So, so my old flesh, my old life, I lose all the rights and, and debts and obligations that were once associated mm-hmm. with that. And I'm going, if I could just capture that one thought what freedom yes, I can begin yes, to yes. think, live in, act in, function in. Um, man, it was transformative when I just, I really began to meditate on that one thought. Yeah. And, and Paul talks about it in a, in a different way, same concept in a different way in another letter where he talks about the old man is dead. Yes. Right. So of course you have no, you, it's, it's, he's gone. He's yep. dead, doesn't exist anymore. And, and a new man has been born in Christ. Yep. And, and so, you know, same concept is that, yeah, when I am adopted into God's family, everything that I knew before, everything that I was before, all of that, it just doesn't exist anymore yep. because that that man is dead. He no longer exists. But I, now I have life in Christ. Yeah, and and I know we've already talked about being fully accepted without fault. Um, but again, we're just this first question of who we are is so important. And so so as he walks through those f- first fourteen verses, then we get to verses seven and eight, and it talks about uh, his son. It talks about going. Okay, you're a child of the father, but now you're also saved by the son. Um, and and why is that important? Like, I, I know what what Jesus did is important, Dennis. So I, I know you're looking at me, you're yeah. giving me the, <laughs> the the question mark look or whatever. But uh, I understand that. But but why is that important for us to daily understand the fact that I'm saved by the Son? I mean, what what? I, 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 just talk in your own words, if you had to, just for a moment. Like, what does it mean to you to be saved by the Son of God? 
who saw you at your worst, who loved you at your worst and decided to still go, yeah, I'm going to still take that guy. Yeah. And, and not just, I'm, I'm going to take that no, guy, no. but but I am going to die in his place. Yep. Uh, it's, it's just mind-blowing to think about, um, you know, that, that somebody would, would see me at my worst and mm-hmm. still think I had enough value yeah. that they would give their life for mine, yeah. right? You know, in, in economics, when we talk about, uh, right now we're going through this crazy inflation, right, uh, in, in our world, yeah. and, and everything costs more money. Um, the value of an object is what someone is willing to pay for it. Yep. You know, that, that's what an object is worth, what someone's willing to pay for it. Well, if you and I had a price tag on us, that would read Jesus. Wow. Because that's what God was willing to pay to redeem us. What an incredible thought. And and obviously that's where, I mean, this this word really speaks to, I mean, and it even in verse seven, it says, he purchased our freedom. And the word there that we always go to, and it's, it feels very Christian, I know, Christianese, if, uh, you know, uh, if you've been in church for any amount of time is that word redeemed, yeah. redemption. There's redemption involved. And it really means purchase uh, and set free by paying a price. Yeah. I mean, you, we have been purchased by a payment. And and the payment, like you said, you've already said it beautifully, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> like he was... He was the he was the uh, uh, he was the money that was transferred. He was uh, and not to, actually it's probably downplaying it a little too much. He was the payment for my life for my sin that was required by his father to say, look, the price tag for your sin, Joel, your the price tag for you, Dennis, and anyone else listening, it's death. Yeah, that's it. So um, so uh, God goes, someone's gonna pay for that. Mm-hmm. Now that's either gonna be you. Which unfortunately, that that means eternal separation mm-hmm. from from being a child of the Father, from being redeemed by the Son, or you can believe and receive. And this is the part, the hard part for us, because yeah. we we have no merit. Like we bring no. nothing to the <laughs> table in this. We receive a hundred percent of what the Son did on our behalf. And if we're not willing to do that then we really don't know how sick we are and we're really not interested in the savior. But if we do, all of a sudden Jesus becomes the most valuable, most yes. unbelievable price, I mean, price paying mm. sacrifice that anyone could ever pay on for me, for you, or for anyone even listening here today. He redeemed. And uh, and we broke it down obviously a little bit further. We we talked about how it, that frees us from the works, the good works mm-hmm. of trying to fulfill the law. You know, there's not enough rules we can fulfill in order to be good. There's not enough. Um, it also frees us from the slavery of sin. And I know I read uh, Romans six six when I was there, but um, I think it speaks so clearly to what it means to be set free from the slavery of sin, the power of sin. This is what it says, if I can reread it. It says, um, it says, we are no longer slaves. The beginning says, we know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. And I, I'm just going, that means prior, I was a slave yes. to sin. <laughs> Yep. So I'm either going to be a slave to sin uh, and, uh, or I'm going to be really possessed by Christ. I'm going to yes. be owned by yeah. him. You know, it's, it's one or the other. So whether you think so, you're like, well, I don't want to be owned or 
it's too bad. Yeah. <laughs> like we're owned by one or the other. It's going to possess one of one of us. But being in Christ, we have a tremendous freedom that we didn't know in sin. Yeah. Right. Sin gives the illusion of freedom. But Christ said, I have set you free so that you will be free. Right. Yeah. And you, so that you would have this freedom that, yes, we are owned by Christ, but we have a freedom that that is just unimaginable uh, that we have access to. And, and, you know, one of the beautiful things about understanding our identity and what Christ did for us is, is that um, we haven't just been saved from something. But we've been saved for something, yep. right? And that gets to the to the second question that we dealt yeah, with absolutely. on Sunday is is this idea that okay, so so I have been saved. Who who are we? We are in Christ. We've been saved. Now what? What do we do? What now? are we doing here? Yes, yes, absolutely. What are we? Why are we on planet Earth? Like, there's there's got to be more than just the biological reasons of us just you know just reproducing and multiplying and that kind of thing or whatever. There's got to be a bigger. What's the bigger reason? What's the bigger purpose? And only in Christ do we truly discover that. So you're right. What, what are we doing here? There is an actual plan that's put in place, and it's actually found in verses 9 and 11. And, uh, and I love how God even says, uses the word plan. He's like, let me just, let me make it very clear. I'm going to tell you, this is my plan. And, uh, and so I, just for the sake of those that are listening here, it says, God has now revealed to us his mysterious will regarding Christ. He's like, let me give you plan A and the only plan that's necessary, only plan that's required, which is to what? Fulfill his own good plan. Not my good plan, not your good plan, not anyone else's good plan, his own good plan. So we're stepping on everyone's toes, Mm -hmm. okay? And this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, we are un- furthermore because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God for he chose us in advance and he makes everything work out according to his plan. Okay, Dennis, I'm just going to ask because I know sometimes it, it, it's missed on some people. And I know I shared it on Sunday, but, it, but you maybe help out some of our listeners. What does it mean to come underneath God's authority? What, what is he ultimately trying to capture here? Yeah, the, the the way I like to to picture it is um my life has a throne on it. And and seated on that throne is the one that directs my life. Mm, that's um, good. When I was in sin, I was seated on that throne. Right? When when I trust Jesus as my Lord and Savior, I get off the throne. And I, I, and he's on the throne. And you submit yes, and I to submit. a brand new authority. Absolutely. He is the king of my life. He is the ruler of my life. Because I've been bought with a price, I am no longer my own. I am now his, and, and he gets to direct my life. Yeah. Wow. What an, yeah, that's a great, great way to uh, illustrate it. it when, and, and really what it is, is we think somehow that we have lost something. And this is the part yeah. that the world loves to paint. Like somehow we're, we've lost ourselves. We've lost our identity. We've lost our freedom. No, as a matter of fact, we gain everything Yes. for when we fall under, because it's almost like the, the, uh, in which at, at the beginning of time, the creative order, when we follow according to the original creative order of what God designed, things thrive. Mm-hmm. Life happens. And the creative order was such that as his creation, we would submit under his authority. Yeah. So it's not if that's going to happen again. 
It's when that happens again, um, but it's because of our own doing that we we, we screwed everything up. We fractured yep. that entire relationship, that entire creative order. We said, God, no, I want to be on the throne. Like you're saying, mm-hmm. when I'm born at the beginning of our, like we're on our throne. We just yeah. love what we love. We want to do what we want to do. But now God, Jesus goes, my plan, I'm going to pull everything back underneath me. Yes. I'm going to, I'm gonna, it, it, it all belongs underneath me. And in doing so, he will right the wrongs. Yeah, he will. He will make those things that were once broken again. Going back to Romans, it actually says that the world groans. It longs for this moment to be made right again. It longs for when death is no longer part. Mm. It longs to be made right, and when everything is brought back underneath, that's when that's when it happens. That's when it happens. When when Jesus becomes ruler and reign uh, for the position he was. He was always intended to sit in, and he does sit in, I yeah. should say. Yeah, the position he's always sat in, but but we, like Adam and Eve, and and, and we, we point our fingers at them all the time, you, you messed up, but we would have done the same thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, they, they were tempted to be like God. They wanted to be in charge, yep. right? They had one rule, <laughs> one job, and, and they said, you know what? We know better than God. We want to be in charge of our lives, yep. and, and so we're going to do what we want to do, and that's where sin entered into the world, yeah. and we're all guilty of it. But because of of what Christ did on the cross, we now have been brought into his family for a purpose of bringing others into his family as well. So with this beautiful gift that Christ has given us um, in finding our identity in him, and we're asking this question, okay, so what are we doing here? He now says, ultimately, uh, I'm going to invite you into my work. I'm going to invite you into this work of seeing all things brought under the authority of him. Now, we we don't contribute to actually seeing a person come under the authority of Christ. That's an entire work of Christ himself. Yes. You know what I get to be? I get to be a mouth a mouthpiece mm-hmm. of the message of hope that I experienced when I got off the throne and I sat underneath his. And and I and I think that that's the that's the part that we almost overcomplicate. That's the part that we get real fearful about. Like, oh wait a second, I've not like you said at the beginning. I'm not just saved from something. I'm saved for something. And this is the for. This is what we've been saved for: to be obedient followers of this incredible King mm. who gave us something we never we never deserved, and to then offer it. Hear my, hear my words, listeners, offer it in obedience at every opportunity the Lord presents, not that yes. you conjured up, yeah. not that you're trying to manufacture, that the Lord presents. And when he does, you just step in and you obey. And when it tells you to speak, you speak. When he tells you to stop, you stop. When he tells you to go here, you just go there. Yeah. When he tells you to come back, you come back. It's all about him. We don't have to create our own path. The path is laid out and it's just found in everyday life. Yeah. And and it 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 it's super it really is simple, right? Yeah. Um, you know, as as somebody who works with church planters a lot, uh, I tell people, and it shocks them when I say this, you know, church planting is found nowhere in in scripture. We're never told to go out and plant a church. Yep. We're told to proclaim the gospel and make disciples. And that's it. And and for us that that are believers and and we're trying to figure out, okay, what do I do with my life? What is God's will for my life? Uh it's to proclaim the gospel and make disciples. Uh you can do that as as a teacher, as a plumber, as a police officer. 
as a pastor, as a missionary, regardless of what your vocation is, our part in God's plan is to proclaim the gospel and make disciples. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and really we're not trying to simplify it, um, to the point of where, um, if we just check those boxes. So, so hear me, there's a relationship that's involved and that's why we started with identity. I think that's why Paul started with identity. Mm -hmm. There is a beautiful love relationship that we find, um, in our relationship with God almighty. And he welcomes it. He longs for that time. He wants to talk to you. He wants you to talk to him. And in this beautiful relationship where there's, yes, uh, emotions come and go, uh, but but truth ultimately governs that relationship on how it plays out. And, and in doing so, it's like the reason why, Dennis, I share the gospel with other people is not because of what God told me. This is the part that people miss. I'm not doing it just because God goes, okay, this is what you do. Yes, I want to be, I do it because I love him. I love my God. I love my savior. I love what he did for me. How could I not share with others the same beautiful relationship I've been invited invited in with everyone else that I come in contact with. Like, yeah. why, why would I hold on to the best news um, ever offered to me? Why would I withhold something? It, it's, it's again, it's, it's like holding on to the, the cure for cancer. Like, yeah. would, would I really hold on to that just because I know what it's done for my life? No, I want to give it away to absolutely everybody. And better than a cure for cancer is our relationship with Jesus. Because yes. we're not talking about the momentary life and death that we experience here on earth. We're talking about eternity. Yeah. And that's what Jesus, time. yeah, it's it's forever. Yep. Um, and so who are we? Um, we are child of the King. We're child of the King. I mean, we're child of the Father. We are redeemed by the Son, saved by the Son. And we I know we didn't get to it, but we're marked by the Spirit. Yeah. It's God's engagement ring to us, um, if I can say it that way, that promise that that all will come to pass. But what are we doing here? Man, we better be about his work. Yep. We better be about his mission. If nothing for nothing else, because how could I not yeah. demonstrate? And, and here's what's crazy. When you read in the Old Testament and even the New, if you love me, it says this in John, if you love me, keep my commandments. And 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 it's not just talking about the rules, it's talking about, hey, I've asked you to do something to make disciples to baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, you know, to go ye therefore into all the world, you know, and, and preach the good news. And I want to be a part of that because I'm in a relationship. I'm doing it out of love, not because I have information. Yeah. And, and I think that's the part that we miss out on. Yeah, it's out of our love for God and, yes. and what he's done for us and our love for other people yes. that we want to see them experience the same relationship we have with God. Yeah. Um, I remember watching a video, a YouTube video uh, several years ago with uh, uh, Penn Jillette, right? The famous uh, Las Vegas uh, magician. And he was talking about he's he's a an atheist and he, he's not shy about it. Yeah. And he was talking about a guy that came up to him after a show and gave him a Gideon Bible. And he said, I respect that guy. And he said, as a matter of fact, I don't respect any religious person that doesn't share the gospel. He said, Absolutely. you know, if, if you knew that a truck was driving down the road and about to hit me and kill me, how much do you have to hate me to not tell me about it? Yeah. And he says the same thing. If, if you know that there's a heaven and a hell and that if I don't, 
have this relationship with God that I'm going to hell, how much do you have to hate me to keep that to yourself? And so it's out of our love for God and our love for others that we have the opportunity and the joyful opportunity to tell them about the hope we have in Christ. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a great stopping point, Dennis. I think as we um, as we look at these two questions, as we're walking through the book of Ephesians, um, you know, my prayer, um, our prayer, especially here at Real Life Church, um, is is that yet yeah, you do discover who you are. Listen, you are made. You are made intentionally. So you are made with value, with purpose, um, and and through Christ. He invites you into such a glorious relationship. And I'll just be honest with you, it's sometimes hard. I mean, it doesn't mean everything's going to go great. All the whistles and bells kind of lay out. Life is now easy. I'm not saying that. I'd be lying to you if I was. In fact, yeah. it's hard, but it's, it's real living. It's life. I find hope. I find despite all those trials I do walk through, I just, despite all of those trials and difficulties and temptations that I'm faced with every day, um, He's ever present. He loves me. He helps navigate my heart. He helps me love my wife the way that she needs to be loved. It helps me love and care and teach my children the way that they need to be loved and cared and taught. And um, and it helps me to engage with the world around me in the way that I need to. And it invites me in to say, your life is to be spent for me. And I, and again, I, I not to give too much reference, but but we're laying up treasures in heaven. Yeah. Like we really are. Like my wealth and and all that I do is for him. And if all that I have is is a stockpile of blessing that's waiting for me up there. Man, it's worth it. Yeah. It's worth it. it. It says, fear not the one that can destroy the body, but fear the one that can destroy the body and the soul. And that's God. God is the one that I fear. I want to trust him. I want to love him um, in every aspect of my life. And it starts with knowing who I am and what am I doing here. And, uh, and I pray that you discover both those things. Continue to walk through the book of Ephesians with us. We'll be here every single week. Dennis, thanks for being here beyond the sermon uh, for this episode. This was a fun day. Always love it, man. And I just want to encourage anyone that's listening, if you've not done so yet, uh, just sit down and read through the, the letter of Ephesians. Yeah. Um, that will give you a big overview of, of where we're going. And that's so helpful as we're going small section by small section to have that that overall theme of, of the book in your mind. And so I encourage you to, you know, maybe even once a week as we're going through the series, uh, just carve out the time. It's only six chapters uh, to read the book of Ephesians and, and, and really dive into what we're studying. Great challenge, Dennis. Um, um, and yeah, guys, uh, I just want you to know we're praying for you um, because it's, it's a prayerful journey and we know that it, life is difficult, but uh, uh, we pray that you have a great week. Love you so much um, and uh, can't wait to catch up with you guys next week on Beyond the Sermon. God bless, guys. Well, thank you for joining us. It's because of you that this ministry is possible and allows us to continue to help bring the lost people that don't know Jesus Christ just one step closer to knowing who he is. If you've enjoyed this podcast, would you share this with a couple friends? And, and by the way, don't forget to subscribe so that you're the first to know when brand new content begins to come out. Click the share buttons, post to your social media, tag us at Get Real Life. For more information, please visit getreallife.org. Thanks again for listening. God bless, and we'll see you next time.